With such big challenges and changes to the employment landscape right now, how can recruiters adapt and continue to operate successfully? And what can they do to maintain relationships with their clients and candidates? I'm Hamish Coots, and you're listening to Talent Talks, brought to you by SEEK. Charles Cameron is CEO of RCSA. He joined us on the line ahead of the association's first ever digital conference, Reform. He spoke to us about the resilience and innovation he's seen in the recruitment and staffing industry and what he believes will be a new wave of opportunity for the industry, which will play a crucial role once we emerge from the current situation into a new normal. Well, welcome to a very special edition of Seek Talent Talks, and we're continuing our series of episodes we normally record at the actual RCSA conference, whether it be on the Gold Coast or even at Noosa. This year's event called Reform is fully digital, uh, so it's only appropriate that we have a chat over Zoom with the CEO, Charles Cameron, who has been good enough to join us. Welcome to you, Charles. Thank you, Hamish. Uh, good to be with you, mate. Look, I'll start off. We're all experiencing disruption and uncertainty to, to varying degrees at the moment, but I think out of every major event comes industries and individuals who pivot and shift their focus to operate really effectively and sometimes even reinvent themselves. Charles, I'd love to know, what are you seeing from recruiters that's really inspiring you at the moment? It's really resilience, Hamish, and uh, their ability to adapt. Um, I always knew, and it's partly why I love taking on this role, uh, that uh, recruitment and staffing leaders are highly resilient and um, really innovative. I think for me, I've not heard one individual whinge, moan, complain, whatever you want to call it, about this event. Uh, They've uh, sat, uh, they have uh, absorbed uh, what's come at them. Yes, they've been a little bit shocked. Uh, But even now when we're moving into this uh, arguably a new normal phase where the reality of the financial impact is starting to hit them, I just haven't seen any one of our members complain. And I absolutely love it. It would be so easy to sit there and blame others and say I'm a victim of circumstance. They've just got on with the job and uh, that's what they do so bloody well. That must really inspire for you for whenever we do come out of the economics phase and we never we don't know how long that'll be but if they're showing that fantastic mindset now and resilience and innovation then that's only going to position them better for when we do start to recover look you're spot on uh there are going to be so many opportunities coming out of uh, this event and uh, we've seen it in the past we're just uh, this morning having a conversation with fti consulting uh, an economics firm they're doing a whole heap of economic modeling around why our industry will be so important uh, leading out of uh, the uh, the economic shock. The reality is that we've always led the recovery, uh, but I think more so this time around because of what I call those uh, that triple threat. Um, and uh, when I say triple threat, it's uh, not from an entertainment point of view this time, but triple threat of economic uh, uncertainty, health uncertainty and environmental uncertainty. Uh, we're going to see a far larger demand on flexible contingent workforce. And I think that's going to almost uh, be a, a new horizon of opportunity for not only RCSA members, but the entire industry. So job loss, unfortunately, is impacting a lot of people across many industries right at the moment. That's the phase that we're in. I'm interested, how can recruiters support people who have unfortunately suffered job loss and position them to re-enter the, the employment marketplace? Yeah, look, I think it's a bit of taking your own advice, to be honest, Hamish. Uh, what are we looking for as uh, agents or internal recruiters? We're looking for people who stay connected. We're looking for people who don't take their foot off the pedal. Uh, we're looking for people that uh, uh, maintain their professional development uh, and people that give back. And uh, we're seeing that in a lot of the recruitment and staffing consultants that have uh, unfortunately been laid off. Uh, obviously, JobKeeper has minimised that. Uh, but, of course, uh, 
even uh, over in New Zealand, we're seeing that as well. Many of them are staying sexually connected. We've had a huge spike in the number of recruitment consultants that are leveraging RCSAs, uh, what has become uh, free uh, learning and development uh, tools. Uh, and that says that they know this is going to turn. And let's face it, uh, this doesn't change uh, what has been an exceptionally concerning talent shortage in the recruitment and staffing sector. Yes, it's going to lay people off for a period of time. But uh, again, I was only just talking to uh, one of our immigration advisors a moment ago and he said, look, Charles, you've got to remember 300,000 uh, permanent, uh, you know, I guess, uh, what you might actually call temporary residents uh, who've actually left the country. Now, 300,000 is a huge number. Now, they're all not uh, all recruitment uh, professionals, but we're going to see a really, really big demand for highly professional, agile, uh, responsive and capable recruitment consultants coming out of this. So I think if you can actually show that you can keep your chin up, you can keep uh, your professional development going and you can remain connected, you're actually potentially going to be in a better position than some that might actually be remaining in roles. That's my view. My, my next question was going to be about preparing for, as a recruiter, what should I be doing to prepare myself in the current environment? And you touched on learning and development. Perhaps to drill down a little bit more specifically, what are some of the great things that you're seeing and also what would you advise recruiters to be starting to upskill themselves in and, and get a bit of a broader knowledge of at the moment? Wow. Look, I, I think uh, having an empathy uh, for how uh, this uh, event is impacting upon individuals in different uh, occupational types, uh, look, to the extent that you can, and maybe through volunteer work, you might be able to uh, maintain an interest in not-for-profit work, or you can actually be even potentially uh, supporting uh, or engaging through social media uh, in uh, open conversation, uh, panels and otherwise, in terms of how is business actually looking to pivot and change. Um, you know, in so many ways, I think it's really about keeping that human connection and really understanding many of the trends. I mean, uh, let's face it, one of the great things coming out of this, uh, I guess, economic shock and this pandemic, the working from home, is that the amount of information that's being made freely available around how business is being impacted, government is being impacted, individuals are being impacted means you really don't actually need to be in a work environment in order to stay attuned to, uh, I guess, that the emotional insight the commercial insights and the understanding. So let's face it, it, it it's a bay-marie, uh, I guess, of information that has really been served up to us and it's free. So I would say there's really no excuse not to be staying ahead of the curve on this one, uh, Hamish. And obviously for a lot of recruiters, their actual clients have had to put up a complete freeze on hiring at the moment. So that's a really interesting phase, isn't it, when their normal relationship, perhaps their commercial relationship with an organisation has shifted. And I'm interested if there's not a need for them to be sourcing talent at the moment, what are recruiters doing or what can really effective recruiters be doing to still make sure that that relationship is still really valuable and they're adding a heap of intel into their clients? So in so many ways, I think uh, we are actually seeing an opportunity to get inside the head, the mind, the, uh, the workplace of the client that really didn't exist previously. And that's because of the vulnerability that they're all experiencing. So in so many ways, I'm, I'm asking our members to actually use this opportunity, which may not present itself in the same format ever again. Uh, and I'm seeing a, a greater willingness of clients to genuinely partner with recruitment and uh, staffing firms. And so when I say genuinely partner, it's not this, oh, look, we want to keep you at three paces, only talk through uh, the procurement people or, you know, some uh, uh, managed service provider. There is a genuine desire. If you've got really good insights, information, intel and strategy, you can actually come in and work with us a lot more closely. The other thing I'm seeing is a real focus upon 
joint workforce planning. So let's sit here and say, where are we actually going to see that workforce come from? What are the scenarios that we might experience? Are they going to be contingent? Are they going to be perm? Can you bring them on? Can you bring them off? I think in so many ways, again, it's providing us an insight into what the needs of the client will be. And um, look, I think part of the problem is that many of our clients don't yet know but, hey, that means that you can be right at the forefront of actually being there to assist them when they start to get a, a better feel for how this will play out, mate. Absolutely. And there's no one better place to do that than your members in terms of workforce planning. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I was having a conversation um, the other day uh, with Bruce Davidson. Uh, he, he was talking about the, the real importance for many, I, I guess, to maybe not necessarily transition your traditional high billing consultants into these roles, but bring in new consultants that focus more upon strategic discussions. Look, I'm a, I'm a workforce management consultant uh, prior to this. I genuinely believe that this will present more opportunities for RCSA members to bring on a different breed of consultant. Yes, we're always going to need those who are fantastic at going and sourcing and placing and managing, but we really almost need to bring in the specialists now, the ones who actually can provide more than really uh, just the individual. We actually need broader solutions. So in many ways, I actually think that the industry will develop and further change. I mean, I, 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 my vision has always been ever since I started this role, Hamish, just to see our industry move more into the, the workforce management consulting field rather than just being pure recruitment uh, consulting. I think this is absolutely going to assist us uh, to uh, speed that whole process up. Oh, I agree. If, if there was ever time to do that, it feels like it's coming out of this. Yeah, look, and, and using Seek in a different way, you know, on that point. I mean, using intelligence, using the products, uh, I personally think that many of our members are already sitting there and saying, well, how are we going to do this differently? How are we going to uh, automate processes? How are we going to leverage information uh, and uh, tools that our clients aren't adept at actually using? So we become workforce management uh, technologists. Stay across the latest ideas and conversations about recruitment, HR, and the world of work. Subscribe or follow Seek Talent Talks today. The other side of that equation as well is the candidates who will obviously be, be looking to, to recruiters to really help them, as I said, get back into that workforce, but also get that advice from your members around what skills, what L&D opportunities they can undertake at this time to make sure that, I guess, the jobs that they enter back into are somewhat more future-proofed and are not as vulnerable as what we've just seen happening, if that's possible. Yeah, it's an interesting question. It's a philosophical question, isn't it? I, I was listening to the opposition leader or, indeed, I was reading about some of the comments he made of, you know, we want to return to a world where there are less casual jobs and less gig economy jobs, I think. What's the reality around that? You know, with that triple threat that I mentioned where business is going to be highly susceptible to increase vulnerability uh, and uh, disruption, I think we've got to accept that at least for the next couple of years there's going to be a lot more flexibility around that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not so sure, to be honest with you. I, I did read an interesting article this morning talking about a recent study in Copenhagen and uh, uh, Denmark and uh, it, it was looking at the skills that are being developed by students 
And what they said in this study is we're going to see, you know, the adaptability, the resilience and all those things that maybe we were concerned that the younger generation may not have had at the same degree as, you know, even some of us, certainly our parents had. I think this is going to really shape them very well. So I think we're going to see the same thing rolling out in terms of the existing uh, candidate pools and markets that are out there. But let's face it, Hamish. We as recruitment professionals, there's a great reliance upon our advice and we have to be very careful to be honest. We have to be very careful not to go and mislead candidates. So the professionalism around how we re present ourselves with these new opportunities is going to be absolutely critical. Another great challenge, but also a great opportunity for the recruiters coming up with the candidate. Yeah, it is, it is. And that's a great form, mate. I'm, I'm running a panel which says if we could start again and you could rewrite the rules of the way in which we actually want to treat ourselves and therefore treat clients and candidates, how would you, what would those rules look like? I genuinely believe that we have an opportunity, maybe not to reset or reboot the entire computer of recruitment and staffing, but I certainly think we've got a new software program we can apply over this. And some of that goes back to, do we actually want to continue to go down the well-worn path of contingent uh, I guess, relationships uh, when it comes to perm placement with clients. Or do we really want to strongly hold on to exclusive dealings? Look, that's going to be tough when you're trying to get a bit of money back in the door. Uh, but I think there's a whole heap of things. And that's, I'm actually really looking forward to that panel session I'm running at Reform. We're talking about work from home. We started talking about that and technology. And one thing that's come out of this is, is flexible working, hasn't it? I, I think perhaps some organisations, and if I look at Seek as well, we've obviously got everyone working from home at the moment. And when we do return to the office, it won't look the same as what it did. I think people will still be looking for, for greater flexibility. I know I've got two primary school age kids myself and we've sort of found some benefits from working from home. In the recruitment industry, I'm wondering what will that look like as well and perhaps more people will be able to return to the workforce that previously hadn't been because of increased flexibility. I think it's going to be empowering for us. I think it's going to reduce overheads for us. We ran a, a, uh, a webinar the other day around, uh, I guess, renegotiating avenue commercial leases. I think so many of us will sit there and say it's almost the, you know, the shock you needed to have in order to make that, that, that leap forward. I don't know, I'm not much of a, a Trekkie or anything like that, but I'm, I'm thinking some sort of hyperdrive forward that, wow, why weren't we doing this a whole heap earlier? Look, I think we all understand. We've all got different people who have different needs and some people will love it, some people won't like it, but we all know it's absolutely changed. But look, even for me, in terms of the way in which we manage our team, uh, I think I've always had a little bit of a concern around how do you conduct performance manage and how do you make sure that you're getting those metrics all lined up. I think the reality for me is it's just made me realise that what I've done is empower my team to own their future and to take control of themselves. And if you, again, it comes back to this point that if you're hiring the right people and you're setting the right parameters, it should be okay. Mm. But let's face it, that's not always the case. So yeah. there's probably going to be a whole new industry around flexibility and how we work from home. The other thing I just want to point out, though, is I think it's really, really interesting how we're probably going to see, and uh, I would love to see this, a greater degree of inclusiveness and diversity, not only in terms of candidates, but the people that can actually operate and work as consultants within the recruitment and staffing industry. I, I think you know, I'm a big believer good comes from bad. I would love to set up and probably will set up a working group to really challenge ourselves to think here is a new opportunity for us to bring a more diverse workforce into recruitment and staffing uh, consultant mix which will then open up pools uh, exponentially as well so that's exciting yeah i mean one thing that i was sort of thinking of was with return to work mums 
working from home and technology may will actually expedite that process where they, you know, wanted to get back out there, but it's really difficult. Oh, look, I've got about half my team here uh, working uh, sort of uh, part-time mums and caring dads, and, uh, wow, it's almost this thing you don't want anyone else to know about. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to fundamentally change. And it's also made us far more tolerant, hasn't it? It's meant that we love, you know, seeing uh, what's behind us. We love seeing the child come in and sit on the lap and all those things. Uh, I think I was even sitting there this morning getting dressed, and I thought, Will I have addressed the same way? Uh, you know, slowly but surely, I was trying to break down some of those old school sort of tie and suit sort of uh, mentalities. I don't think we will. So I think in so many ways, we'll actually see things change for the good, for the better into the future. You've been very kind with your time. I appreciate it. Finally, what advice and encouragement do you want to pass on to all the recruiters who are going to be listening to this? Fundamentally, where I started, that is that there are going to be huge opportunities for especially what I've described as that contingent side of recruitment, not to say that PERM won't be there. Uh, I think most dedicated PERM firms will be looking to diversify, certainly into uh, the uh, the contracting, uh, the contingent markets. I think it also says that, and it's even probably flipped my view a little bit, Hamish, and that is that we're leading into this. I probably felt that we've seen the rise of the true specialist niche sort of firms. I think what this says to us is whether it's environmental, economic, whether it's health, whatever it is, you've got to be ready to pivot and you can't pivot, well, not easily and quickly if you actually don't have anything to pivot towards. I'm going to finish by saying that I, I, I live a philosophy and, and born of uh, you know, my mother who said that you know, good always comes out of bad. And I think just by looking at the research we've been doing with FTI, there are so many examples of where we have led the way out of this recovery. And I do fundamentally believe that this period of recovery will present us with more opportunities than we have ever had in any recovery previous, whether it's the GFC or the early 90s or otherwise. Um, I think um, from my mind, we can take this and we can really change, even in the minds of government, their understanding of how critical we are to structural reformation. And that is to mean that we need mobility, we need responsiveness, we need adaptability, and we are the hub. But we do it in a, a sustainable, respectful manner. People are employed, people are assigned, we're not gig economy. So I think we're absolutely the right mix here moving forward about assisting to get out of the recovery, fundamentally change the reliance upon our industry uh, into the future, and uh, that's going to spell jobs. Uh, we just then got to come back to how do we address the skill shortage within our industry but when we're back there I'm sort of in a funny way a happy man because it means that more people are back doing what they do well which is changing and improving lives well thanks for joining us for our first ever remote episode for more ideas and discussions on operating in challenging times stay tuned for more upcoming episodes of Seek Talent Talks